Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Dave Rizicki and this is The Heart of Teaching. I'm a 37-year teaching veteran and I've decided to do a podcast. I'm 62 years old and when you're 62 years old as a teacher, people often ask you when you're gonna, uh, when you're gonna retire. And the truth is, I actually believe that I'm at the top of my game. I, I wish I knew then what I, what I know now, but such is not the case. I've kind of figured out that with 37 years of teaching and coaching, that I've worked with close to 8,000 students. And what I've told my students is each year that I have a class or boys on a football team or some of the kids on my track team, each one of them is gonna teach me something. So you can imagine with 8,000 students and pieces of information, I've got all this stuff in my head. So what do you do with that? How do you share it? And if you're retiring, what do you do with that information? Do you write a book? Well, in my case, I've decided to do a podcast. And I'm hoping that the moments that I'm going to talk about, the experiences, will actually help people. So the intention is to, to share the stories and the experiences and hopefully educate. I'm hoping to motivate, inspire, and uh, at the very least, maybe entertain. In some cases, the, the stories are inspiring. I, some of them are downright humorous, while others are, are sad and, and uh, some are very tragic. Regardless of what they are, each one of them represents a lesson, a lesson that hopefully can be learned and a lesson that will help others. So it doesn't matter if you're a student, if you're a parent, it doesn't matter if you're a business person in the community, I'm hoping that there's some information here that you'll be able to take away and say, I can use that. So with these podcasts, I'm also hoping to bring on former students, uh, many of them are professionals, some of them have some experiences that I think will enlighten the listener. We'll use topical issues, we'll talk about mental and physical health, uh, things such as depression, we're gonna talk about substance abuse, talking about learning challenges, certainly social media, which is a, a very topical issue. And uh, these are all things that I think young adults are facing in the 21st century. And once again, I always say that the students will teach me something. So, and I'm gonna reflect on that several times because with 8,000 students, you can start to understand how much information can possibly be obtained and, and uh, possibly uh, used to, to further the lessons. So sit back, you guys bring the containers and I'll, I'll supply the content and we'll start to uh, take a look at uh, the heart of teaching. So the first lesson that, I, uh, that I'm gonna talk about is uh, called The Secret of Life. And I'm gonna actually reprise a lesson that I uh, teach to the students in the very first couple of days that I have them in class. Now it doesn't matter if you're in grade six or if you're in grade 12, it's always the same lesson. And I kind of calculated things out and I realized that when the students are at school for a five-hour block, it's probably about $35. That's what it costs the education system, whether you're in a private or whether you're in an independent school. And so that kind of breaks down to probably about $7 per class. So I tell them the hour that they've got with me or the day they've got with me, they're going to get their money's worth. And they, they kind of look at me and they kind of smile and they think that I'm joking. And they can tell by my tone that I'm really not. And I said, I'm not kidding. I'm going to tell you today what the secret of life is. And then there's sort of a calm in the classroom and they, I've got their interest now. And I go on and tell them whatever I teach from this point on, and there's another lesson that's extremely important that we talk about relationships. I said, but when I go on from these two lessons, everything else is not as important. Regardless if it's science, regardless if it's English, regardless if it's math. All those other things aren't as important as what I'm going to tell them. Now I've really got them hooked in. And hopefully I've got the listener hooked in as well. And the important 
I guess the important point here as well is this isn't an original idea. It's not something that I came up with. It's actually probably about a thousand years old. And it was the Eastern philosopher Confucius who came up with the secret of life. So now I've got people interested. So what is the secret of life? And so here it is. So you find a job that's a passion, something that you love to do and you would do for free and you never have to work another day in your life. And so now there's kind of a, a pause in the classroom sometimes and the students are looking at me. And then I refer to teaching and I tell them, well, let's take a look at education. Let's take a look at my situation. So here's, here's the way it works. I get up in the morning and I know what I'm going to be teaching. With, if I'm a history teacher, which is what I actually am, so if I'm teaching history, I start knowing what the content it is, but how am I going to deliver it? So do I become in the classroom a British monarch? So do I start, uh, I say, is this what we're going to do today? I think we're going to have some fun. No, 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 wait, hold on. Now, I, I want to become a, a French, I want to become a French uh, colonist. Uh -huh, these people here aren't the ones that I want to do, huh? You understand? Now, I love comic books, right? Comic book movies, anything like that. And there's something on YouTube called the Bat Dad. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it before, but it's pretty funny. So I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe I want to be the Bat Teacher. I am Batman. Today's lesson is going to be more important than anything you've ever done before. I get to talk about stuff that I enjoy talking about. How cool is that? Whether it's comic books, whether it's movies, whether it's motorcycles, of course, history, whether it's politics. It's all very, very cool. And I get to do that each and every day. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Day in and day out, I come to school and I have fun. At lunchtime, I don't eat my lunch with the staff. I sit in my classroom. And one of the reasons why I stay in the classroom is I'm actually motivated by the students. I, I watch the gamers who, uh, who play on a, an old 1993 60-inch, I think it's a Sony television set. And I sit back and I watch them and I kind of laugh. I don't know what they're doing, but they seem to be having a lot of fun. In one corner of the room, I've got my football boys who are talking about football. In the other corner of the room, I've got a cross-country team. Some kids will come up. They want to get tutored. Some will just want to talk about comic books. Some will want to talk about a variety of other topics. At lunchtime, when it's over, I usually have a break. And I try and find somebody in the hallway who's either a, a student or a colleague. And uh, I go into the weight room and I try and work out. At three o'clock when the bell goes, I don't go home. I go out in the field. And I go out in the field because I'm usually the head coach and it doesn't matter what sport's on right then, whether it's track and field or football. If it's track and field, I'll run with the kids. Well, not really, I can't run as fast anymore, so I've got a bike, so I cycle beside them. Or if I'm gonna be playing football, I'm the head coach and I throw the ball around. I usually get home at five o'clock. I sit down, talk about the day, then I sort of laugh about some of the things that have happened, and then I move forward. And the next day, again, it's wash, rinse, and it's repeat. I get time off at Christmas time. I get time off at spring break, and I get time off in summer. At the end of the summer in August, I uh, start missing teaching, and I start missing coaching. So I make my way back into the school, and I start back usually about, about two and a half weeks. I do this job for free, and I get paid for it. There hasn't been one day when I've reflected back on my career and thought, I wish I would have done something else. This job's a passion. It always has been, and it always will be. And I'm very fortunate. Now, in the teaching profession, you're never going to become a zillionaire. Because if that's, if that's your goal, it's not going to happen. But I guess what really matters is it's how you define wealth. So if you define wealth by the amount of 
income that you have in the bank, you, you can make a comfortable living, but you're, you're not going to become super rich. But if you talk about wealth with regard to relationships, because that's what teaching really is, quite honestly, you, you might just be the, the wealthiest person that you know. So, and I tell the kids that 37 years, I haven't really worked. I've, uh, I've actually gone to functions and I've had people ask me what I do for a living. I mean, that's a common question. What I ended up doing is I kind of smile and I say to them, you know what? I, uh, I don't have a real job. And that, that usually gets their, their curiosity going. I said, I don't, I don't really have a, a real job. And they go, well, and then I go, well, I teach. And they go, oh, that's got to be difficult. No, it's not. It really isn't. Not if it's a passion. So now the question isn't about what I think my passion is. And I've discovered that. The question is, what's their passion? What did they love to do? What would they do for free and get paid for? What is their passion? Now, the reason why I talk about this at the very beginning of the classes is because they're in school and they're getting an education. And what that education does is it gives them an opportunity to pursue their passion. Every class that they attend, every time they complete an exam successfully, every time they graduate from one grade to the next grade, and it's, it's a staircase, one step at a time, get closer to pursuing their passion. Now, the question is, what, what is their passion? And some people don't know at 12 and 13, and some don't know when they're 22. And the reason I say 22 is because that's when I discovered my passion. But the point is, an education will give you that opportunity. Education will give you that opportunity. And I think sometimes at the end of each class, or perhaps maybe at the end of each grade, we should give the kids a, a key. And that key would represent an opportunity because keys open doors and doors will allow you into a place where you want to be. And that's basically what you want to do in order to pursue your passion. So the more education you have, the more opportunities you'll get. When you stop and you diminish your, your chances of doing well in school and you're not successful, you're limiting your opportunities. And even if you don't know what your passion is, at one day, at one point, you may know, and as a result of having a lack of education, you're not going to have that opportunity. Now, it's not going to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? Like everybody would be happy. Everybody would be smiling because they're pursuing their passion. But there's a cost associated with it. And that's a lot of hard work and sometimes frustration. But you've got to pursue it. You've got to continue to do it. And as I said before, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So what I'm going to share with the, uh, the listeners at this point is, uh, is my journey, because I, I sometimes think that kids believe that teachers teach because they want their students to follow their path regarding education. And a lot of students believe that teachers uh, were all of us were, were awesome students. We we're hardworking, we we're diligent, and in some cases, great athletes or musicians or actors or artists. And right after school, we went straight to university. We graduated, we began teaching, and uh, we became mentors and role models and, and all of the great things we want our students to be. And in truth, boy, did I, uh, did I sort of break that mold. And for me, the most important thing when I uh, got out of high school, it certainly wasn't going to university. All right. The most important thing for me when I got out of high school was uh, to have a nice car, nice clothes, to make sure I had money in my pocket for Friday and Saturday night. And uh, that was about it. Education was not a priority. I also didn't have a passion. It, it was something that I never really thought about. All right. 
So my first year when I had graduated, I made good money and I was in construction and, and life was good. But I started realizing a couple of things. And the first thing that I realized was that the most depressing day of the week was Sunday evening. And the reason it was depressing is because Monday morning I'd have to go to work. Now, the worst day of the week was Monday morning for me. And that was because I had to be at work. The best day of the week was Friday at 5 o'clock. And that's because I got off work and I had Friday night and Saturday night. And Sunday, for the first part, would be all right. But uh, I realized that Sunday night would be approaching. Didn't like what I did. As a matter of fact, I, I hated it. But I hadn't left myself any opportunities. I think my grade point average in, in high school was probably about a 60, between a 58 and a 60. And I had shut all the doors. I had no keys. And I also didn't have any passion. Oh, I had passion for cars and I had passion for clothes and going out on a Friday and Saturday night. But not for something that I wanted to get up and do each and every day. I was actually working at, uh, at a construction job and I was trenching, which is a, a fancy word for digging a ditch. And I was good. I worked hard. And uh, I had a, a string line and I was digging this ditch and trying to make sure it was straight. And the foreman came over and he asked if he could speak to me. And I said, yep. And I put down the shovel and he looked at me and he goes, it's a good looking trench. And I said, yep. I said, try and do my best. And he said to me, uh, what are you doing here? I said, I'm sorry. He says, no, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm trenching out the ditch for the construction site. And he goes, no, David. He says, that's not what I'm talking about. He goes, uh, why are you here? And I said, I'm good money. He said, I said, I got to make payments on a car. He goes, you don't belong here. He goes, this is a good job for people. He says, but you don't belong here. He goes, you know what, son? He goes, you just don't fit in. And I kind of took offense at that at first. I don't know if it was offense or I got angry. I'm not sure. But I, I turned around and went back to what I was doing. And I went home that night and I wasn't happy. And I kind of realized he was right. There's nothing wrong with work. Any work is good work but not if it's not your passion and you don't enjoy what you're doing. So it was a Friday night. And so what I ended up doing is I uh, phoned my friend on Saturday, who was a very successful academic at UBC and also a very good football player. And I phoned him up and I said to him, I said, what are the opportunities at UBC for someone like myself? And he said, what were your marks like? And I said, not good. He goes, why don't you come out on Monday and see if you uh, like what you see and maybe I'll introduce you to the football coach because I had played community football. So what he ended up doing is he uh, picked me up and he drove me to UBC. I sat in on the classes, which I had no idea what they were talking about, but I got to meet with a football coach and then I actually met with the academic counselors. And they said that if I wanted to attend to UBC, I'd have to take all the courses in high school that I had not taken seriously once again. And it was seven months worth of high school. Now I'm 22 years old, I can't go back to high school, but I could go to Vancouver Community College. If I took my English, if I took my biology, if I took my chemistry, and if I took my history again, and I got my marks up, I could attend UBC and possibly even play college football. So I thought about it that weekend, and then I realized that uh, I needed to do that. And what I ended up doing is I ended up talking to my boss and I'm thanking him for what he had said to me. I told him that I was going to attend UBC. I was hoping to attend UBC, but I was going to go to Vancouver Community College. And what I was hoping to do is I was hoping to uh, get the marks to attend UBC and possibly play football. Put this big smile on his face and he said it's the best uh, news he had heard in years. And I never got a chance to thank him. I, uh, I ended up leaving after several weeks. I shook his hand. He actually gave me a hug. 
I never saw him again. Um, several years later, he had passed away. And one of the regrets I have in my life is the fact that he had a huge impression upon me, and I never got that chance to say thank you for, for giving me that push, which is maybe another lesson for another day. But if there's ever people who have done things for you, don't wait years to thank them. You take that opportunity uh, sooner than later. So long story made short, and, and to uh, put a conclusion to the lesson, the, the reality is I ended up attending uh, UBC. Um, I graduated, played college football, and I was able to pursue my passion. So I like the students, the listeners, whoever's out there, it's never too late to find what your passion is. And as I said before, it does take work and it, and it can be a daunting task, but people can do that if they, if they want to pursue it to that extent. Um, I'll leave you with one thought. I remember sitting in a class at UBC and it was my first year and it was just pouring rain outside, kind of like it is right now in, uh, in Burnaby. And it was cold. It was probably about minus three or four and then the snow was starting to come down and the prof had just, uh, the prof had given us a, a paper to do. It's probably about two or 3,000 words and he'd only given us a week to do it. And usually we had longer than that. And everyone in the class started moaning and I thought, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to do all the research. But I looked outside again and I looked at the paper and I thought about where I want to be and what I want to do. And that paper didn't seem so bad. I would rather have been in the classroom than been out there trenching again. So I guess to put a conclusion on this, finally, the fact is that people can find their passion. And if you haven't found it, keep on looking because it's out there somewhere. But with that in mind, I'd like to uh, thank my two producers here, um, Adam and Nathan Rivers, two of my students who uh, are helping me just to, uh, to a great extent here. I wouldn't be able to do this without them. And uh, I'd like to thank you, the listener. And um, hopefully you'll enjoy uh, the next podcast we have. But with that thought in mind, uh, this is Dave Rizicki, and you've been listening to The Heart of Teaching.